This is EIG Community Connection with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Hey friends, welcome to the EIG Community Connection. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. The investment we make in this radio show is an investment in our community. We know that there are so many wonderful people doing wonderful things, and we just want to be a part of that. In the words of Billy Graham, we are not cisterns made for hoarding. We are channels made for sharing. We hope that sharing with our community how our guests are making a difference, that that will inspire and encourage you to find a way to make a difference. So if you're an animal lover, then this show is for you. Today we're going to learn about the important role companion animals play in our lives, and then we're going to learn about an organization that uses horses to improve quality of life. My first guests today are Lynn Olenek, who is the Executive Director of the Humane Animal Welfare Society, or HAWS, located right here in Waukesha, and Claudia Orman, who is a volunteer at HAWS. Welcome to the Community Connection, ladies. Hi. Hi. So, Lynn, I said that people are going to learn today about the importance of companion animals. Now, I can tell you, I've got two dogs. I can go on and on all day about how important they are to me. But can you tell us why animals matter in people's lives? Well, there's been a lot of research that has been done concerning the lowering of stress in people's lives, the encouragement to engage in your community, to walk your dogs, the companionship that cats will offer, even birds. Um, It gives people something to care about, a sense of responsibility. And by interacting, it lowers their blood pressure, it gets them out to exercise, and it makes a huge difference as pets. But another component that we forget about is what we learn from the animals as far as unconditional love, nurturing techniques, parenting skills, all the things that we work with with our pets on, we carry over into all our all aspects of our life. So is getting a, a puppy kind of like a prelude to having a baby? So you kind of know what to what to expect well, in the commitment babies usually and... don't uh, poop on the floor and nibble on your hands as much. But um, no, any kind of a pet that, you're t- that you have to learn to care for, that you have to respond to their needs so that you aren't just an entity in and of yourselves. I think it's important, especially for for kids today to mm. have something other other than a toy or a video screen that they learn to care about. Yes. Yeah. And I know a lot of parents tell me that, you know, their kids come to them, oh, I want a bunny or I want a a cat or a dog and I promise I'll take care of it. And then a lot of times that responsibility goes to the parent. We have had probably, uh, gosh, we have, uh, except for reptiles, I think we've had every other kind of animal in our home and we've adopted them through Haws. So it's a, it's a great way to, uh, to bring an animal in your home. So we have over 75 humane societies in Wisconsin, actually. So what sets Haws apart? Well, when it was founded, and it goes back, you know, 50 plus years, 1965, there was a real belief that educating the community about animals and animal care is how we would make a society that was humane, not just an organization, that in the long run, we would have people that cared about animals, that would care for the animals outside of the building, and therefore have less I guess, resident animals to care for. And I really think that that's made a difference in Waukesha. 
I think that, you know, we're able to take pets in from other organizations statewide. And also, you know, we even did some international transports last year. We are able to help outside of our community because our community does take care of what they have. We see very little abuse in Waukesha. We see some neglect and it's more neglect because of ignorance mm. or mental illness. Okay. Um, but we're working to solve all those problems. So what about, you know, we've heard all these natural disasters that have happened around the, the country. So have you had an influx of animals uh, in those situations? Yes. We're an emergency placement partner with the Humane Society of the United oh, okay. States, along with probably 15 other shelters in the state. We took in... Those from um, Hurricane Irma, Hurricane Harvey from Texas and Florida and Puerto Rico. Mm. Um, we also took in some from Korea last year. So we've taken in a lot to help with the natural disasters and with the change in culture in Korea that's evolving. There's There are, are animals that are available that have been living on the meat farms. And, mm. you know, we've been able to help in a small way with that, but if everybody takes some, then nobody gets inundated with all. Sure, sure. So, you know, we talk about how Haas has been involved in animal welfare in Waukesha for, for 50 years plus. So how do you position yourself within the community to take care of the animals? Well, we really look at ourselves as if we're a community partner. We're not the only organization in Waukesha that handles animals. There's a lot of rescues. There is a lot of individuals. There are couple of other shelters and organizations. Our spay-neuter clinic works with, I believe, 15 different rescue groups in the area. We help out where we can with Watertown Humane, Elmbrook Humane Society, some with Jefferson County, you know, to help with some of the things that help defer costs for them. And we look at ourselves as if we are a community resource for everyone who loves animals or is caring for doing the same work that we do. I think it's important for organizations to work together in a collaborative way. Absolutely, yeah. You can get more done that way. Mm -hmm. And we have had the opportunity to be able to put some resources together that we do share with others. Awesome. Yeah, collaboration is key and networking. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, you work right. together, find out what someone's doing well and find out what you're doing well and then share that. Um, you mentioned that education is key in your community plan. Why, why is this a priority and why does education matter? Well, today, especially with video games and sports, and I'm a sports fanatic, but they do teach competition. Mm -hmm. um, they do teach teamwork. There's a lot of good values that you can get. But when you look at video games, it's abstract. People, as they grow up, they need something that they can tangibly learn to practice parenting skills and nurturing skills, to express their empathy. Those things are all like a muscle. If you never use them, they will never get strong. Mm -hmm. So to build a stronger community, youth education is huge. We start with them at seven and run them through summer camps and all kinds of fun things. We have 
um, a grade school program that meets once a month on Friday nights. We have two middle school programs. I love my middle school kids. <laughs> um, they come in for a program. They help volunteer. They volunteer in a supervised work group, and they're this little force to be reckoned with. And then we have high school students that learn about different careers because not everybody who is interested in animals is going to be a veterinarian. Sure. Not everyone cares for medicine. Not everyone cares for blood. Eh. But there's a lot of positions out there that are open that, you know, for instance, you know, executive directors. I'm a math fiend. I'm not a, you know, um, medical person. I'm not real fond of, you know, having to stitch things up. But someone has to lead. You know, mm-hmm. so all these different opportunities that are out there, we try to teach the high school kids that. And then if somebody is looking to adopt an animal, because obviously we've, we've been there a number of times, don't you have like certain education, you know, that they have to go through before they actually get to adopt the not, animal? Not necessarily. We recommend it. Not everyone needs specific education, but okay. we do want to make sure that they're a good fit for their animal. But we have programs for everything from birds to bunnies to guinea pigs, and people come to learn. And we have the dog training classes. We yes. have one-on-ones so that if you are having problems with a dog that you adopted, you can come in for counseling and help get those problems solved so that that pet can stay in your home. Okay, so lots lots of education opportunities there. Yes. That's, that's wonderful. Um, well, the Humane Society wasn't the first organization to work toward helping animals. We've probably all seen those ads on TV from the ASPCA, the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, that tug at our hearts and actually make us want to donate our kids' college funds. <laughs> um, but they're very, they're very sad, but they're also very effective, I understand. Um, so stay tuned to hear when the first ASPCA and the first Humane Society of the United States were founded and about some famous people who were involved. Just want to remind you also that if you are unable to stay tuned to the show, you can go to our website at ellenbecker.com and click on the radio tab and uh, hear about our shows uh, at any time you want. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. You're listening to EIG Community Connection with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm Jill Economo, and I am sitting here chatting with Lynn Olenek from Haas and volunteer Claudia Orman. The first SPCA was organized in England in 1824, primarily to prevent the abuse of carriage horses in the days before automobiles. But the first ASPCA was founded in New York City in 1866, and two years later, a Massachusetts group was founded in Boston with members that included John Quincy Adams II and Ralph Waldo Emerson, some of the real popular names. Some other famous names include Clark Gable, Ronald Reagan, Maya Angelou, Dr. Martin Luther King, John F. Kennedy, Lucille Ball, Einstein, Ellen DeGeneres, and believe it or not, Hitler. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but the first Humane Society of the United States was established in 1954 and includes famous supporters like George Clooney, Desmond Tutu, Bill Clinton, Brad Pitt, Prince Harry, Nelson Mandela, J-Lo, and Oprah. 
Now, I doubt we have famous supporters locally or Hollywood celebrities. No offense, Claudia. (laughs) But the supporters who do volunteer, they do so because they just love animals. They just love animals. So, Claudia, you're involved with Hawes on a different, a uh, couple different levels. Can you tell us about your volunteer experience uh, with something called the Mod Squad? And we're not talking about the old TV show. <laughs> yeah, so the Mod Squad, it's a group of volunteers, not just me, who go in with our shelter dogs um, to give them more enrichment and more training that they would need. Um, They go in, we work with them one-on-one, things like basic manners, things that you would do with your own dogs in your own home. Um, Also, we work with things with like handling and getting them out. Some of our mod squad volunteers take our dogs out on field trips to get them seen out in the public. Um, They get them out of their kennels, most importantly, um, so they don't end up becoming stir crazy and getting them that more enrichment that they do need. Um, So what I did was that I started as a, a dog walker. I just went in and we took our dogs on walks and things like that. And after I did that for a while, then I went through um, specific training to learn the mod squad techniques um, with these specific dogs. Um, right now we have about like five or six dogs in that program, um, getting them out of their shelter, out of their cage environments, um, hands-on playtime um basic training type exercises. Um, So that's specifically what I do. Okay. Yeah. And anybody can come in and dog walk. I mean, that doesn't, you know, I'm sure you need a lot of volunteers. You got a lot of dogs, big dogs in that, in that uh, back area. And then don't you have like that, that running area or, you know, we've got yeah. a lot of designated mm-hmm. areas that, so anybody. We've got some nice trails and we do have some um, exercise yards that are, I think they're about 25 by 40 um, and there's three of those. So they get out and they have a chance to play. Yeah, you do need to go on the website and register mm-hmm. and then go through an orientation so you know where the leashes are kept and where sure. the water is and where the trails are and all those kind of things. So yeah, I didn't realize there was a, a trail system there. So if you want to kill two birds with one stone and get your workout in and help Hawes by walking some awesome dogs, you can you can do that. So Claudia, you were an intern with Hawes from Carroll University, yes. the animal behavior program. Correct. Uh, tell us about that. So at Carroll University, I was an animal behavior major. Um, and in that, doing my volunteer um, and internship at Hawes, um, what I did was that I got to know more about Hawes in their behavior department um, in more depth and in more detail. Um, I learned about how we do um, behavior evaluations for our dogs and how our training classes worked um, and how those private consultations, those one-on-ones um, counseling groups um, with people who are having more difficult behavioral problems with their dogs and how to work with them on that. Um, you keep saying with dogs. Does yes. that mean that cats don't have behavioral issues? <laughs> cats, cats do. Cats do. Um, but mostly... It's mostly dogs? Mostly dogs. Mostly oh, okay. dogs. Um, and specifically what I'm looking into, mostly dogs. Oh, okay. Um, your field of study, you mean? Yeah, is most- my field oh, okay. of study. We do have a cat class, and we do have cat... Um, two people that are specialized in cat behavior that help keep cats, you know, in, in their homes. But um, Claudia is a dog person. Okay, as am I. So, you know, I'm specifically interested in that. So um, so what do you see in your future? Well, um, what I see in my future, kind of what I'm doing now and then in 
the future as I continue to grow and I continue to learn um, is to um, become a dog trainer and to teach more classes. Right now, um, I'm employed with Haas and learning how to teach dog training classes. And I foresee myself um, learning more on how to do that and teaching more classes and then potentially maybe doing consultation work with one-on-one with people. Um, and right now, I just see myself continuing to learn and continuing to grow um, on how to do those those specific training techniques and to open up my mind to more different things like that. That's always a good thing, <laughs> continuing to grow and learn. Yeah. So when do you graduate? I graduate um, in the spring of 2019 as oh, of right now. Yeah. Okay, exciting. Well, thank you. That's so we, we kind of snapped her up. She's, she's pretty humble, but she's got a lot of organizational abilities and real good people skills and things. She's somebody that I see kind of have planned in my future as the organization grows. So I'm hoping she'll stay with us. Wonderful. I plan to. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, how can people help? You know, there's obviously, we can go to the website, we can see online certain things, but um, Lynn, can you help us understand if somebody's listening out there, they're animal lover like me, and they say, you know, we want to do something either, again, we talk a lot about time, talents, resources, um, passion, you know, if you have a passion for animals, there's a, there's always something for you to do. So can you elaborate on how people can help? Well, volunteering, we have so many different ways that people can volunteer. And it runs from people who are retired, who are part of our friends group, which helps with, they're kind of like your PTO or your PTA at a school. Uh, they do a lot of different things for us, a lot of different fundraisers. And just, it's kind of a social group to we have high school students who volunteer and even the middle school students who volunteer as part of that group. They're part of the program. So they volunteer and they're supervised. So keep track of them. (laughs) Um, But we have a number of different volunteer opportunities. Even our board of directors are volunteers. So if someone is out there that has some real strong business sense, because it does take, you know, someone to keep an eye on the money, um, that may be something that they may be interested in is joining a committee or a fundraising committee. There's a lot of different things they can do from the volunteer side. We have the opportunity right now for kids to join us for summer camp. And that's a day camp. It usually runs a week at a time. And we fill the building up with 7 to 14 year olds throughout the summer. Mm. And it's a lot of fun. I know a raises lot of people the, that have been through that. and yeah. Raises the energy level in the building. But, <laughs> you know, we have a good time. They do a great job. And then the other thing is always consider donations. We can't do the work without public donations and public support. One of the biggest things is legacy gifts, estate, mm. and wills. When you no longer leave the, need the money, you can leave it to an organization, whether it's us or someone like like Striders, or maybe you're into education. It's good to leave a legacy gift. It really makes a difference to the nonprofits. It helps us have a future, and it helps us have some sustainable income. Um, not everything can be done on $25 donations. Mm-hmm. It's good for us to have those those gifts so that we can plan and grow and expand. Okay. And actually, if somebody is interested in a legacy gift, then we uh, we have people at Ellen Becker that can, can help uh, help you out with that. What about uh, uh, events? Do you have some events coming up that 
Well, we do have camp all summer. Mm-hmm. In August, we do have our um, Menominee Falls Pet Fair, which is fun. Okay. Menominee Falls is a very unique community in that it is very dog-friendly. So we started the pet fair there, and we invite rescue groups to come in and show what they have for adoption and different vendors and things. And it's just a fun day in the park. And that is in August. I believe this year it's the 19th. I'd have to verify. But you can go on our website and check. We also have our kitten shower coming up. and Kitten that's shower? Je- yeah. <laughs> that's always fun. And what is that? Well, it's a... Baby shower for kittens. Okay. And we have special adoption events throughout there. It's not where you just give all the kitties showers. You give them little baths. Good heavens, no. (laughs) Because we know how cats love water. Yeah, no. (laughs) A kitty shower. Okay. That's and, and, And people bring in donations, and we usually have animals and activities for the kids and those kind of things. And it's just, again, it's an in the shelter event. Okay. And it's it's just fun. Well, and I also want to mention, too, that you guys have different um, things in your lobby that are for sale. Like if somebody wants a cage, um, you know, if you don't have a cage for your animal, your rabbit, your guinea pig, you know, kitty, we, whatever. We repurpose them. People okay. will donate them. We'll clean them up. We'll put them up for, you know, a minimal fee. And that helps bring in some cash to us. It helps keep things out of the landfills. And... It, it it's just a good way all the way around. I know people that start out with a small puppy that keeps growing. They just keep <laughs> trading up. <laughs> well, it's great to know that's there. We've used that before, and, and, you know, they're expensive. And if you can give it back to the Humane Society, that's great. Um, so great information. Can you share with us contact information, um, telephone numbers, websites, phone numbers? Well, phone number 262-542-8851. Probably easiest way to reach us is either through Facebook, Haws of Waukesha, or on the website, hawspets.org. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Lynn and Claudia, for being here today to share your love of animals and, and what Haws is doing for the community. Appreciate it. I said earlier that the first SPCA was established to prevent the abuse of carriage horses in the automobile days. On the second half of the show, we're going to hear about another local nonprofit organization that is spoiling horses, this is in a good way, uh, the second half of their life to do the most meaningful work they could imagine. Stay tuned to learn more. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG Community Connection with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to EIG Community Connection. I'm Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. We have a local nonprofit right here in Waukesha that spoils horses in a good way, of course, in the second half of their lives to do some really meaningful work. Join me in welcoming my next guest, Crystal Stevens, who is the Director of Operations at Life Striders Therapeutic Riding Center, and Linda Campbell, who is on the board and is a volunteer of this great organization. Welcome to the show, Crystal and Linda. Hi, Jill. Thank you so much for having us. Hi, Jill. So nice to see you today. Nice. Great. Ellen Becker is very familiar with Life Striders because we've had some people from the office involved in your wonderful organization. Um, So tell us, Crystal, about Life Striders and why you got involved with the organization. Sure. Well, Life Striders has been around for 13 years now. I have been at Life Striders for the past six. um, And my background was heavily influenced by equines. I think like 
all young girls who get that equine bug. It just doesn't doesn't go away. And so ideally, if you could come up with a career that involves horses, but also um is meaningful and fulfilling to your life, then this is the perfect realm for me. So um, I became involved with Life Strider six years ago um, with uh, Robert Conley as the president and uh, co-founder and Veronica Sosa, co-founder and uh, executive director. Um, and they had started Life Striders 13 years ago on their uh, little uh backyard property, actually. Um, and some of the clients that they first started serving 13 years ago are still a part of the organization today because it is such a uh, an elemental type of therapy for them. Nice, nice. Well, what program specifically then does Life Striders offer? Uh, so Life Striders offers a variety of, of different programs in a, a very unique way. Um, so nature-based programming and, and equine-related programs. Obviously, the, the largest program that we offer uh, would be the therapeutic riding. Um, and this program really addresses a lot of the academic, social, life skills, um, and and physical therapy and attributes that people often go to a clinical or traditional setting for, um, but in a, a really experiential, hands-on, and again, unique way to receive some of their, their services. We also offer uh, social skills groups, and these groups are for kiddos who may be experiencing bullying or just struggling with some of their interpersonal relationships. And, and it's something that we can really talk about and tell people eye contact. You can tell people all day long about how they may handle someone um, who's bullying them, but this gives them a safe place to practice those skills and really become comfortable um, using some of the the tools um, so that it becomes second nature for them. So that's the social skills groups that we offer as well. And Um, I can see why that would be a benefit. We talked with Haas uh, mm. a little earlier and we were talking about the benefit of of animals and how they help people. You know, some people are just more animal people than they are people sure, people, and sure. so you know there are things that uh, that animals can can help with in terms of um, behavioral issues. But why horses? So horses bring a a very again unique um, attribute to therapy uh, because they are a prey animal. This means that their outlook on life is going to be a lot sim- more similar to someone who's maybe struggling from anxiety and depression. Not that horses are at all, you know, have anxiety or depression, but a lot of the instincts, the fight or flight instincts, uh, really will parallel well with someone who may be experiencing some of that in their day to day life. And so, someone may be able to come and start working with a with a horse and experience what works for the horse to get through some of these challenges. And they're not only are they going to identify with that animal so much sooner than they may identify with a, a traditional therapist, um, but also begin to start experiential therapy with them and start putting the horse through the processes that the horse needs that will also benefit their day-to-day life. And again, giving them that safe place to practice so that now it becomes so natural with the horse, mm-hmm. it, it carries right over to their interpersonal relationships as well. Mm. Wow. Well, Life Striders includes nature-based therapies into everyday programming. Mm-hmm. Um, so how is this incorporated? So as I mentioned, you know, the horse is obviously being an elemental part. I, I might kind of touch back on that as far as their movement. But the nature, you know, again, traditional counseling, traditional occupational therapy, physical therapy, all these different services that we offer at Life Striders often are just another appointment for some of our families. There's appointment upon appointment for them every week, every day. And it becomes monotonous and and straining on the family. And Life Striders is 
again, the place that they want to come every week because it's not it's not just another therapy. It's something that they really um, truly get to form relationships and, and bond with the horses and the animals. But the walls really tend to break down when we're out in nature and moving. So we really heavily believe that that movement and and experience in nature is what helps our program get that extra um, that extra foothold with some of the gains that our clients need. So you'll see our counselors out walking and hiking the trails out and maybe sitting under a tree in the field with the horses. Um, you may see them cleaning stalls or playing soccer out in the field. And that's, a, so it's a very different approach. And again, it's, it is counseling service. It is social skills. It's occupational therapy. It's physical therapy, but it's learning by doing mm-hmm. and, and opposed to learning by talking about it as well. Now, we had said that you use horses kind of in their second um, stage of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so where where do the horses come from? So uh, often we get a phone call from someone who maybe their horse uh, taught their kids how to ride their, you know, but now their kids are off in college and the horse is sitting in the backyard not getting the love and attention they know they deserve. And this is a fantastic kind of semi-retirement second option for the horses uh, later years. It's very important that the horses had a, a experienced, you know, life riddled with all, all sorts of different backgrounds. Um, but because the horse's movement is so important to the work that we do, it's also important that the horse is sound. And um, so the the owners can actually stay involved and lease the horse to life striders. And then they're, they know that their horse is giving back and doing this very meaningful work and they're getting treats every day and, and spoiled Uh. and groomed five days a week. And they have a, the horses themselves have a very, um, well-rounded plan to make sure that they enjoy and love their job every day too. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, so someone reaches out to you and says that they have a special needs child that they want to have involved in the program. Um, you know, what does a typical day look like at Life Striders? You know, what would they experience? Sure. So, you know, if they're coming to the program interested in any of the different services that we offer, a phone call usually is the first place that it's going to start. Uh, our experience team is going to define what programs would be the best place for them. Uh, a lot of the time, again, the, the therapeutic riding, occupational therapy, physical therapy, this tends to be the, the thing that people come to Life Striders for because they hear of the horses. We may decide, actually, we need to start in a different area. And our programs are very integrative. So they might be in, in two or three different programs at the same time. They might be volunteering and in one of the programs at the same time because the benefits are uh, very very inter-integrated between all of the different programs. Um, because the horse's gait, and I, I want to touch on that for just a second, because of how important that horse's movement is and the gains that we see because of that, I think this is a big reason why people start to, you know, first approach life striders. Um, and so when the horses move, actually, the riders uh, actually experience the same type of stimulation to their spinal cord and their brain as if they were walking with a heel-toe rhythm themselves. So someone who might have a gait abnormality or maybe a lack of ambulation at all uh, will be able to experience brain activity on the horse that they are not otherwise able to receive. Mm-hmm. And so while they're on the horse, we see we see tremendous gains in in speech and balance and core strength. And um, we had one kiddo that started at the beginning of the summer, he had had an eval, a speech eval, and he was about five or six years old. And they actually stopped the speech eval because he was behind two years of age in his uh, in his speech function. And so they said, you know, really, there's no reason to go on. He needs therapies. And 
uh, they got him in, involved at Life Striders, and just after one summer, they retested him, and he was at level oh in his God. speech. Wow. And the biggest change had been his therapeutic riding program, actually mm-hmm. occupational therapy on the horse. Mm, that's um, wonderful. And then the core strength, we had another young kiddo who started just just shy of two years of age and uh, he wasn't sitting up he wasn't crawling yet let alone walking and in about four weeks he was sitting up and starting to crawl um, and the the strength actually he was so weak that he was leaning forward on his horse's shoulders and but that was actually really good he was getting input through his hands and strengthening his shoulders so that he could learn to start crawling and the motion of the horse's movement again stimulating his spinal column and his brain and, and helping to create the wiring for this is what walking feels like like wow. at the end of one session, so about six weeks, he actually was pulling himself up onto objects and standing. Um, and That's now, fantastic. Yeah. At two years old? Yeah. Wow. And now he comes in and he, he jumps up and down on our ramp as he travels up and down. And um, yeah, so that, again, that movement is elemental. Okay. Um, to what we're doing. And so you're working with, with uh, the individuals as well as the families. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Very holistic is very important to us that we're incorporating all of the family and the life structure into how we're, uh, how we're approaching and, and gaining um, for these individuals in their life. Okay. Well, you currently serve over 160 individuals and families with special needs each week. And you have a volunteer base of over 500 individuals who donate their time, their talents, and their resources each year. So if you love horses, stay tuned to hear how you can invest in this organization. We'll be right back. You're listening to EIG Community Connection with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to the EIG Community Connection. I'm Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach for Ellen Becker Investment Group, and I am sitting here talking with Crystal and Linda from Life Striders. Now, I mentioned before that Ellen Becker Investment Group is very familiar with Life Striders, and we actually have donated to your Boots and Bling event, and we'll be doing so again this year. Uh, we understand how important sponsors, uh, supporters, volunteers are to any nonprofit organization. So uh, that's where you come in, Linda. Can, can you share with our listeners why you got involved? Well, I tell you, Jill, I have realized that retirement is not about stopping and doing nothing. And going to the rocking chair. (laughs) Good for you. It's a marvelous opportunity to be able to do something that you are passionate about. Mm -hmm. And I'm lucky enough to have found, oh, a whole scope of three or four or five things that that I do because I'm passionate about them. And Life Striders is one of them. Wonderful. Well, we we know that passion is a big piece. Well, it is. I I started coming once, once a week. And... Oh, then there's another activity on this. So I'll come twice a week. Oh, five days a week. <laughs> and it's, it's Is bad. it going to be soon 24-7? No. <laughs> that's great, though. Well, what do you find so special about Life Striders that's kept you volunteering there for seven years? Well, it is the community that holds Life Striders in its center. That's what keeps me coming. Uh, the volunteer base, and you, you mentioned that there, we do have 500 volunteers that come through on, a, on an annual basis, um, is intergenerational. Mm-hmm. So we get volunteers come as young as 11, 12. Even 8. And, mm-hmm. and go up through 
sixties, seventies, eighty-eight, eighties, eighty-eight, eight to eighty-eight. Wow, wow, that's great. And eight and to eighty-eight. Yeah, it's an all-inclusive community. We learn by the culture of Life Striders that th- this is is a community that is all-inclusive and accepting. Mm. We get volunteers with different strengths. Um, if, if I can't do it, somebody else can do it. I just, two years ago, began to recuse myself from throwing hay bales. I could throw hay bales. I can't throw hay bales anymore. Mm-hmm. But there are young kids coming now that would love to throw hay bales. Mm. Um, if I'm not tall enough to be able to reach and, and do something, we've got... That's where you call me, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Jill, can you reach that on the top That's right. Shelf? Exactly. And so, so what I have realized is that everyone, no matter their age, no matter their life experience, and no matter their gifts or limitations has something to contribute Mm, we get we get groups like easter seals that come and their experience where they could be clients but their experience with life striders is as volunteers and everyone everyone has something to contribute and to be able to see part of the world this way is a very enriching experience. Absolutely. And that's why I keep going. Wonderful. Well, we talked, uh, and we talk actually a lot in a lot of the other shows about collaboration and sharing of resources, Mm -hmm. not only organization to organization, but like what you're talking about, even within the organization, you know, everybody's got a talent, a skill, Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you come together for the, the betterment of the organization, we can you know, achieve it. Exactly. Yeah. That's ideal. Yeah. So if somebody wants to get involved, but they have no background in with with horses, no equestrian education, um, can they still participate then? I mean, you've got obviously um, healthcare providers, mm-hmm. you know, in the physical therapy and the occupational therapy and whatnot. But let's say somebody who, like you, Linda, is is interested in just saying, you know, I have a passion mm-hmm. and I want to help. Mm-hmm. Um, they can still participate without having any uh, background Absolutely. with horses. Absolutely. And Be- I, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. I didn't have any background in horses. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I had ridden occasionally, but didn't have a background to actually be able to work and communicate with them. And Crystal has worked really very hard to develop a, a training checklist and and train those of us who come frequently to work as mentors for volunteers coming in. So everybody gets the tools that they need. Okay. They don't have to come with them. Okay. And well. that's for all the different backgrounds, wherever they want to go as well. You know, some people really have no interest in learning or working with the horses. They come because they want to give back and they want in relationships with the riders. And the volunteer experience at Life Striders is so hands-on and there's so many relationships that's formed. You know, Linda mentioned that a little bit about the, the intergenerational community that is Life Striders that really make it up. I mean, it's a 
really, I, I think when it, you ask me what I experience every day at Life Striders, it's a community of the most generous and best people I'll ever, ever get to know. And it, it really, truly is, it's volunteers coming from all different backgrounds, interested in different things. And we want to work with those individuals to find what their passion is and plug them in there. And there's continuing education that they can continue. If they want to stop here, that's fine. This is great. We can't do what we do without them coming and doing what they do today. But if they want to continue learning more, then we do offer those different avenues for them to continue their education, whether it's in the equine field, whether it's in special education, uh, working with the physical therapist, the occupational therapist. Uh, we do offer internships. So people who come from um, counseling, you know, whether it's Mount Mary or Carroll University or any of the surrounding uh, uh, universities that will offer you internship experiences as well. Wow. Well, I have to tell my niece about it because she has an equestrian degree. Uh, and she, uh, uh, so she was working with horses all the time, obviously, but she also trains them on, on riding mm -hmm. and how um, fulfilling it would be for her mm -hmm. to get involved with the organization uh, of Life Strider. So um, lots of great things going on there. Um, can you share with us some of the events that you have coming up? Yes. Uh, so, you know, Life Striders really depends, like you said, on the community, not just the volunteer basis, but on the, the community support through donations as well. And we have a spectacular event September 29th this year September 29th 2018 is that the boots and bling that is boots and bling okay and that is exactly how it sounds so you get an app and like at ladies it's a great place to put on those cowgirl boots and your little fancy dress and uh, bling it up okay. and so we do we have silent auction uh, live auction uh, raffles the whole you know um, it's a beautiful gala but in a barn and you wouldn't believe how beautiful that barn transforms um, but it's really it's a great event and we we can use the community support not just by attending the event, um, but if there's also people who have any live auction items that they want to donate to in any way that they can support, we're, we're very grateful. Okay, and where is that? So that will be at Life Striders right in Waukesha okay. on Highway 18. Awesome. Any other events that, that are coming up or events that people should be... Uh, looking forward to or maybe if they go to the face page, Facebook page that they can find out more information in general about what's going on? Sure. So we love to have people out for tours on a regular basis. So oh, if people okay. are interested in just learning more about what we do, um, we would love for them to visit either our website at lifestriders.org, our Facebook page. They can follow us and keep up on all of the happenings. Um, they can call us and that, that phone number is 262-565-6124, extension mm -hmm. zero. Okay, one more time. 565-6124, extension zero, area code 262. Okay. And they can uh, they can reach out to us, and we'd love to have anybody out at any time just so they can learn more about Life Striders and oh, whether and it's... I love to give tours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so call uh, and, and speak to Linda. Yeah, request right. Linda, right? <laughs> right. right. Okay. And whether it's for themselves or for their family, you know, again, our services are for 2 to 102. We have senior enhancement programs, and, and all of our veterans programs are, uh, or all of our programs are available to veterans and their families completely no, no cost as well. So oh, uh, that's very good to know. Mm, yeah. So anything that we can do to help, whether, again, they're interested in volunteering or in a service that we offer. Wow. That's that's fantastic. Well, 
Crystal and Linda, thank you so much for sharing with us today all the great things that Life Striders does. Um, actually, I want to thank uh, all my guests today, Lynn Olenek and Claudia Orman from Hawes, and Crystal Stevens and Linda Campbell from Life Striders. Thank you so much for having thank you. us. Thank you. are welcome. Jill. You're welcome. If you would like further information about the people or the organizations we talked to today, you can also email me at jill at ellenbecker.com, or you can call our office at 262 262- 691-3200. For more information, uh, information sharing, you can actually tune into our other show, Money Sense, uh, that is on Saturdays and Sundays. Or you can visit our website at ellenbecker.com for the podcast from both of these radio shows. You also have the ability now to ask Alexa for help by saying, Alexa, play WISN AM 1130 on your Amazon device. And you can also tune in via the iHeartRadio app. Join us again in two weeks as we talk with other inspiring guests who will share information about how they're making a difference in our community. And we really hope that you've been inspired to use your passion, your talents, and your energy to get involved with a local nonprofit in your community and bless someone in some way. Find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Have a great night.